You're listening to Fit Girl, Your Guide to Getting in Shape. This is podcast episode number 223. I'm Kira Langolf, your host and guide to getting in shape. As a professional fitness trainer, it's my job to get clients in shape quickly and keep them healthy. In this podcast, I'll reveal to you the shape up secrets I use along with training, nutrition, and motivational tips and advice. I'll set you straight on what works and what is a waste of time, and I'll be your guide to your best body ever. Check out my websites at fitnessmakeover.com and coachkira.com. In this episode, three steps to kick procrastination, the anatomy of repetition, the shoulder press, and tips to eliminate carb cravings. First, let's review a little bit from the last podcast. How have you been doing on your self-support? Have you been working on that inner support system? And have you been learning how to train any of those big lifts? Or if you already know how to do them, have you been working on them? And what about your nutrients? Have you been keeping track of those, figuring out any of the percentages? Well, let me know either on the Facebook page or you can send me an email if you are already started on any of those or if you just enjoy listening and, you know, maybe later you'll do it. So let me know. Now, let's get on with this episode. Now, in motivation, I know a lot of people have problems with procrastination. It seems pretty easy to actually procrastinate the things that you don't want to do, and sometimes it actually just becomes a habit to procrastinate in general. Now, I'm going to give you three easy steps to kick that procrastination habit because, you know, it really does become a habit after a while. The more you do something, the more it becomes a habit, whether you realize it or not or whether you want it to become that way or not. So this is going to help you out. Anytime you feel like the procrastination is creeping in and you're trying to put things off, you're going to have these go-to tools or three easy steps, I should say, to prevent that procrastination from continuing. Now, before we get into that completely, I want you to understand that procrastination is not necessarily something you're born with. It's something that ends up becoming a habit. And in that sense, it can be changed. You just need to concentrate on it. And like any other habit, you just need to keep repeating the process. And in this way, repeat the process for it to become a good habit rather than a bad habit. Now, the key is to remember that you're focusing on a positive habit change, not a negative one. Because remember, our mind doesn't work with the negatives too well. You got to keep it in the positive, in the present positive as well. So instead of thinking of getting rid of your procrastination, because that would be more negative, you're going to change it into replacing it with a positive habit. And this could be the the do it now habit. Um, You might want to make it the I do it right away habit. Whatever you want to call it, instead of saying, I'm going to avoid procrastination, you're going to make it positive, present tense, I do it now. So this way, when things start coming up, your natural inclination is going to be to do it now rather than to do it later. So the three easy steps to follow this, besides that first one, which doesn't really count as a step, um, is to commit, monitor, and practice. And I'm actually going to change practice to perfect practice because you can practice something wrong all day long and it's still going to be wrong. So perfect practice. Now, these are not new. You've heard of this before. You probably have even done some of these steps before. 
But this time, you're adding that positive element to the reinforcement into your subconscious mind, the do it now habit. And that way, you're going to be a little bit stronger when you are trying to eliminate this procrastination. So when you commit yourself to doing this, you're going to really commit 100%. And, and that's obviously the first uh, rule to changing any habit or creating any new behavior is to have a great full commitment to what you're going to do. So you're not going to say anything like, I think I'll change, or I think I should stop procrastinating, or um, I will stop procrastinating, and I will start doing this do-it-now habit. No, that's in the future, and the other ones are not necessarily in the here present. So those are not the phrases you want to use, okay? So putting it on paper is always going to be your best bet. So write down, I do it now. I have the habit of doing things now. And that way you can reinforce that thinking. It's just like when you're in school and you're trying to learn something. The more you write it down and the more you read it, the more it sinks in and the easier it is to remember. So writing down the habit that you want to change is the first start. And also write down a deadline, a deadline for you to say, you know what, I've completed this, I've, I've ingrained this, I'm really good at this now. And of course, like all habits, you know, you're never going to be 100% all the time on doing the do it now. But the more you are, the better you get at it. And, you know, the majority of the time, if you get things done right away, your life's going to be a lot happier and a lot easier. And things won't get so crazy like they sometimes do when we procrastinate. So don't tell yourself that you're going to try this for a day or try it for a week. You know, give yourself a good solid commitment of at least 30 days of at least 30 days of writing down your do it now, of really jumping on tasks when they need to be done. And that's going to give you your best shot at creating this new habit. Remember, 21 days to form a habit, round it up to 30, and that's going to make it much stronger for you. Now, if you have some problems with that, I do have the 21-day um, challenge, and there's also the Retrain Your Brain series. Both of those actually are one is the 21 days, because those are different challenges that you do in fitness and motivation and in nutrition. And then the other one, the retrain your brain, is the full 30 days where you have things to focus on each day to keep you in that positive mindset. So those are other things that are out there to help you out. You would download um, the audio and listen to it, it each day. So again, 30 days at least to commit 100%. Now, monitor yourself. We, you know, we know how popular this is for success in weight loss because when you write things down and you're aware of what you're doing, you're that much more productive and you have that much more reason to continue. So by monitoring yourself, you're going to help assess your habits and how they're changing and if you need to do a little fine-tuning on them or if you're right on track. So you really can't change anything if you're not aware of what's happening. So, you know, awareness being half the battle, you need to monitor and be aware of what you're doing. Because sometimes you might be procrastinating things or, or developing habits that you just didn't even notice until you started um, to pay attention. And that's kind of what a habit is. It's something that you can do when you're just on autopilot. You know, you don't even think about it. You just do it. So... Instead of maybe, for example, working on a report or going to the gym, maybe you start checking your email and then you start checking some links and then you start this, that. And all of that kind of snowballs into an hour later, 
you don't have time to do your workout. So by saying I do this now, and also by setting up specific times that you should check your emails or blogs or whatever, um, you're going to be not only productive, but you're gonna get things done right away. Now, how do you become aware of your different habits? Well, you start to take note of when these urges come to get off track. So for the first couple of days, you don't have to try as hard to change your habits, but you definitely want to monitor your urges to get off track. So keep a little notebook or a piece of paper or whatever, and try to put a check mark for every time you get an urge to procrastinate. So maybe you're supposed to do this and you start doing something else. Then put an X or check or whatever. Add it up so that you can kind of get the idea of how often each day you're actually getting off track. After a few days or so, you'll be able to see where these urges come. And it might be because of certain tasks that you want to avoid. It might be certain times of the day. Um, that's when you can kind of narrow things down and keep an eye on it. So you've committed yourself, you're monitoring yourself, you're becoming aware of when these things are getting off track. And the last step is your practice. Now remember, it's perfect practice because perfect practice is what makes your habit. So practice all you want. If it's not done correctly, it's not going to be in a habit, become a habit that's correct. So make sure that you practice exactly what you're supposed to be doing, which means telling yourself, do it now. And when you feel that, that urge to go off track, pull yourself back and say, no, I do it now. I do this now. You're not going to say, I don't procrastinate, because that puts it that in the, the negative sense. You're going to say, I do things now. And the more you say that, the more it's going to ingrain. Just if, even if you just said that every single day for 30 days, you're going to have a much better produ uh, productive life. You're going to have a much greater habit of doing things right away. So do your best not to make exceptions and to make sure that you focus and do what you're supposed to. And that way, if you get off track, you just jump right back on. And you might need to start over again for the 21 days, but you know it doesn't matter. Just keep going. You want these to become your good habits. And remember, this applies for any habit that you have as well. You can certainly take these three steps and apply them to the habit of um, eating while you watch TV or the habit of, I don't know, biting your nails. I mean, any of these habits can be changed by committing, monitoring, seeing kind of what's going on and be aware of when these things are happening and practicing, practicing the new habit that you want to develop. Now, a couple of other things to help you during the actual practice stage, which is kind of like your training, just like your workouts, track your progress. So if you get off track and you procrastinate something, then make a little mark. And that way you can say, okay, well, I procrastinated twice today, but uh, tomorrow I'm not going to do it at all. So then you check off, say, okay, well, tomorrow or the next day comes and I procrastinated once or whatever the case may be, you can keep track, just like your workouts. You keep track of each time you get a workout done, you can keep track of each time you do something right away or each time you get off track, whatever the case may be. That way you can kind of keep track and get yourself some gold stars. So watching your progress over time is always something that's gonna motivate you, whether it's working out or changing habits. Now, some people like to reward themselves. I mean, you don't necessarily have to reward yourself every time you don't procrastinate, but 
the reward itself should be just in the fact that you get things done and you have more time for yourself and you're not as stressed out. So you can take what you want from that. Now, the one thing that always helps is writing things down. So even if you have um, three by five cards everywhere that say, do it now, everywhere in your house or where you work or whatever, I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with that because it's going to remind them the same thing, that they need to do it now and not procrastinate. A couple of other tips to keep you on track is to visualize yourself doing things right away. So maybe as you're drifting off to sleep, you can kind of think about your day that's going to come up and the things that you have to do and visualize yourself doing them right away. Another great tip is basically what you're doing as far as one of your steps, monitoring what's going on and being aware of what is going to happen if you procrastinate, but more importantly, trying to circumvent any of those events that happen when you're prone to procrastinate. So whether it's setting times to check your email or setting times to play on the internet or research on the internet, I should say, um, these are all very time consuming and these are things that can really push other things to the wayside. So check your awareness and you know that's gonna help you with your habits as well. And of course, you want to also stay in the positive sense, you know, the present positive. So just tell yourself that, you know what, I can do this, I do it now, and if you get off track, just jump right back on as soon as possible. And that way, you're going to be creating the new habit that you want of getting things done right away. In training, we're going to do what's called the anatomy of a repetition. And what that means is what you should feel as you're going through a particular exercise and one repetition of it. Or in this case, we'll just go over a couple of repetitions because it makes it a lot easier to understand. So the first thing is the shoulder dumbbell press. Now, obviously, there's different presses you can do for shoulders, but today we're just going to focus on the dumbbell press. And first of all, when you are doing this, if you're doing it standing, or if you're doing it seated or on a stability ball, you definitely want to engage your abdominals. So you start out with that belly button pulled into the spine. You start out with also good posture. If you're standing, your knees are slightly bent. Otherwise, in any other position, your shoulders are already pulled back and down. So that means they are pulled back and then your shoulders are going, going down towards your hips. That's actually your perfect posture position and that's going to put the shoulders in the optimum alignment to be worked and to actually not put as much stress on the joints either. Now some people like to do the dumbbell presses with the palms facing outward or facing their ears. There's also different ways to do it. So I'm just going to focus on for today the one where your palms are facing outward or forward or the direction you're looking, whatever you want to call it. So again, beginning, you're starting at the bottom, meaning you're starting at the top of your shoulders. That's actually the bottom of the movement. So before you even begin, you're already in that perfect posture position. Your chest is held high, shoulders back and down, and now your dumbbells are by your side. So as you're pressing overhead, you're going upward past your ears all the way overhead. Now at this point, some people do like to touch the dumbbells and some people don't. It's totally up to you, but you're exhaling as you push up. So when you're exhaling, you're also tightening your abdominals a little bit more, especially the lower abdominals, the ones below the belly button, if you're doing it standing. So that way you have a better lower back protection. Of course, your knees have to stay bent when 
your arms go overhead. And that's just a slight bend in the knees. You're certainly not in the middle of a squat or anything like that. So once you're at the top, you don't fully extend your elbows. You want to keep those elbows slightly bent and you can bring it right back down. As you come down, it should go past your ears all the way down to the top of the shoulders. And at that point, you are squeezing your shoulder blades together. So you're actually working on your back and your posture as well as your shoulders at the same time. And that's one of the things that most people either don't know or completely forget, that your back helps to stabilize your shoulder joints. And if you keep your back strong, and if you learn to use it while you're doing your shoulders, you're gonna keep your shoulders strong and you're gonna keep them injury free, or at least as close to injury free as you can. So when you push up, you're focusing on your exhale and you're focusing on keeping the dumbbells even and pressing overhead until your elbows are slightly bent. And on the return, that's where you're really concentrating the most. And you're going to go down to where the dumbbell is at the top of the shoulders, squeezing your shoulder blades back and down. So yeah, if you have a mirror, that's great because you can look and see. If your shoulders are up by your ears, you're not doing it right. You're not activating those back muscles. Now your chest should also stick out a little bit. I know sometimes that's uncomfortable for some of us women, but it's what you need to do to have your back in an actually neutral position, which has a little bit of an arch at the top, but it's still a straight back. So when you're squeezing those shoulder blades together, think about your elbows and kind of pull them back. That's gonna help you squeeze your shoulder blades and that's gonna position the dumbbells and the arms in the right spot to work your shoulders without pain. So if you do have shoulder problems and shoulder pain, you know, besides going to some of the rotator cuff exercises, using them as a warm up, strengthening the rotator cuff muscles, you also wanna really focus on your back exercises. And when you're doing your shoulder exercises, especially your shoulder press, you wanna focus on squeezing the shoulder blades at the bottom, really feel those back muscles. Oftentimes I've actually seen and heard aerobic instructors or even some trainers tell people to stop at their ears, stop when the hands or the dumbbells reach your ears. And that is not really a good position at all because just like squats, you're stopping your range of motion, you're stopping all of that weight and force on your joints. You wanna go through the entire range of motion. You won't be as strong. You're not gonna be able to use super heavy weights once you start doing a full range of motion, but uh, gradually you'll build back up. But the point is though, if you're not going through a full range of motion, then you're missing half the muscles. And if you do that, you are weakening the system as a whole, which is ultimately gonna to lead to an injury. So just because that's what they taught, I guess when they taught aerobics instructors back in the 80s to stop at the ears, that doesn't mean you're supposed to do that, okay? Real training, you're gonna bring that all the way down to the top of the shoulders. Now keep in mind, you know, your hands are still forward, your dumbbell is still forward as if you had a barbell in your hand. So you still have a nice straight alignment. It's just that your arms are down, your elbows are pulled down and in because you're squeezing your shoulder blades back and down. So anytime you're doing a shoulder press, please focus on the full range of motion. The up part, we pretty much know, but it's the down part that's the most important. So always shoulders back and down, and you should be squeezing those shoulder blades, working the back and shoulders at the bottom, and then working the shoulders at the top. And that way, you're gonna get your best workout and you're gonna keep your shoulders safe and looking great.
In nutrition, we're going to talk about how to eliminate some of those carb cravings you might have. Now, first of all, keep in mind, if you're eating your balanced meals with a little bit of protein, carbs, and fats, you're probably not going to experience any carb cravings because most of the time, carb cravings come when your body is lacking a certain nutrient, and that's why you crave something. So if you're eating balanced, you're probably not going to really even need to listen to this. Now, if, on the other hand, you are very carb sensitive, and a lot of people are, then you need to realize that there's a couple of things you can do that can help. Now, there's no quick fix or anything like that. You know, there's certain supplements that are going to help, and there's certain other metabolic imbalances that need to be situated before you can really get rid of all your cravings. But we'll go over a few of the things that might be helpful. Now, of course, carbohydrate metabolism is important because that's how your body gets its energy, and that's, of course, how your body's also going to burn fat. So it's important to make sure we have everything all balanced out and working properly so that we can be in the best shape possible. Now, when it comes to eliminating carbohydrate cravings, there's kind of two different areas that we want to look at, and one is going to be supplement-related supplements or vitamins that can help with your carb cravings. And the other one is food or metabolism related. So we're going to save that one for next time. And this time we're going to talk about the supplements that can help you with your carb cravings and what they can do. Now, the first one would be glutamine. And glutamine is great for muscle building, for recovery. And of course, when I say muscle building, ladies, you know I'm talking just tight tone muscle. But it helps with recovery. It's one of those building blocks. So it's a great thing to have before or after a workout. But it can also help get rid of some of those obsessive compulsive thoughts about food because it's actually used as an energy source in your brain. So it's also very effective for you know, calming yourself and especially calming compulsive feelings and keeping you very steady. And it's actually used in some alcohol and drug treatment programs so it can be very effective. So in addition to its muscle building and recovery helping, uh, I guess, aspects, it can also help with these compulsive feelings. So that might be something you need to add. And again, it's got so many benefits that it's, it's kind of one of those supplements that can be taken all the time or you can cycle through it, but at least it's one of those things that you know is gonna do good on a bunch of different levels. So it's not just necessary specifically for one thing or another. And how would you take it and how much? Well, most of the time it's gonna be one to two grams of glutamine in water, preferably before a meal or before a workout or after a workout. And if you're trying to lose weight, the best time to take it certainly is gonna be um, after a workout to help you with recovery, but maybe also midday to help with any cravings that might come at night. Now, some people like to have uh, coconut oil or heavy cream mixed with their glutamine, and that's up to you depending on what you like and what your tastes are. Um, I definitely couldn't do that. So for me, I would use the glutamine in water, maybe in uh, some crystallite or juice, or sometimes I would just throw it in my workout bottle, as a matter of fact, and just drink it while I was working out. So a couple of different options there for you, but certainly a great supplement that can benefit us in so many ways. Now, just to be uh, give you a little foresight here, we have about five different supplements that can help. So maybe I should have split this up into two uh, podcasts. I don't know. Um, and the next one would be acetyl L-carnitine. And you might know this as being more of a, a fat-burning 
type agent. Now, let's face it, nothing actually burns fat on its own. Everything helps, but um, nothing is going to do it automatically, and you still have to do your exercise. And the most important part of bur fat burning is your eating and, of course, your weight training. So both of those. But anyways, carnitine, of course, can help especially if you're low in it. And, you know, a lot of times people are low in it because it comes mostly in red meat. Now, some whole milk um, supplies a good quantity of it too. But uh, if you're having a lot of chicken and fish, you're probably not getting enough. And that's where a supplement can help you and help your body function a little more efficiently. So most of the time you need between 500 to maybe uh, 2,000 milligrams a day if you're not having any red meat at all. But if you do have quite a good amount of red meat during the week, then you might need to do less than that. Um, to put it in perspective, beef has about, well, about four ounces of ground beef gives you about 90 milligrams. And a whole cup of milk gives you about eight milligrams of carnitine. So you can see there's a huge difference. So look into that. Now, a lot of times the vitamins have it included, and there's certain um, multivitamins and sports vitamins that have a lot of these things already in them. So you might even find one that has all five of these vitamins in the same one. And I'll tell you what, if I come across one, I'll be sure to put it in the show notes or send you an email and let you know. Now, magnesium is another one that can help, and it can help in the way of your, your insulin sensitivity, which we know poor insulin can trigger a lot of problems. Um, it can definitely trigger your cravings because your blood sugar is going up and down and all around. And uh, that can also lead to a greater risk of diabetes and lower body fat. And there's a lot of other health situations that can come from insulin problems. So magnesium helps with that, with your insulin sensitivity, so that you can be a little more on track when it comes to your blood sugar levels. And actually, there's been some um, sports scientists that suggest athletes take up to 500 milligrams of magnesium uh, because it's deple depleted when they are working out intensely and working out in more of a weight training or sprinting type um, application, not the endurance type or cardio. So high quality magnesium is not always easy to find. I'm going to give you um, the names and basically what it's bound with, and that should help you. And actually, you know what, I'm going to just put the, the names of the higher quality and the lower quality ones in the show notes because otherwise it's going to be too much to say. But realize that just like every other supplement, there is high quality and low quality, and some, some are used in some products. And unfortunately, a lot of the low quality is used in a lot of products. So you have to be careful where you buy from and, and what, you're, what you're buying. Um, some people do use a topical type of magnesium, and they put it on their uh, legs before they go to bed, and they found that it has helped some of their muscle soreness get reduced. Um, also can help with cramps. A lot of times muscle cramps come from a calcium magnesium, uh, either imbalance or deficiency. So if you work out hard, especially with weight training or sprinting, you're definitely gonna wanna take a look at how much magnesium you're getting in each day. Now, the fourth is uh, your B vitamins. Make sure you have enough of them. I mean, your B vitamins are gonna give you energy anyway, and they're very important for helping your body convert its carbohydrates into glucose and metabolize fat and protein. So of course, gotta have them. That's where that multivitamin comes in really handy. Now, the one in particular, there's actually two in particular, I'm sorry, 
biotin and riboflavin. And the biotin is really easily depleted if you take medications or um, have been on antibiotics, you know, during this time of year when people get sick, if you've been stressed out, which who isn't, um, and if for some reason you don't have good um, health in your, well, your gut area, you know, that whole digestive area. Now, the riboflavin is also called vitamin B2, and it's definitely something that helps with your fat metabolism, and if you don't have enough of it, then you're definitely going to have some sluggish fat burning, but you need to be sure that it's not that or that the fact that you're not eating right or not exercising or whatever. Don't try to replace hard work with a pill, but I know that you wouldn't do that anyway. So let's find out where you can find these items in regular foods, because always getting your nutrients from real food is going to be better than supplements. And that's why I remember supplements are a supplement to the way you eat. So they're to help you out, but they're not there to be the main uh, source of everything. Now, biotin is actually found in cooked eggs, not raw ones, in sardines. Ooh, don't we love those? <laughs> in lots of nuts like almonds and peanuts and pecans and walnuts, and a lot of beans, and cauliflower, bananas, mushrooms. I mean, these are all really common foods that are very easy to fit into your daily routine. Now, food sources for the riboflavin would be asparagus, bananas, um, meat, eggs, fish, there's those green beans again, and mushrooms, and almonds, and tomatoes. Gosh, the list goes on and on and on. So, the best way would be to, of course, eat a variety of these foods and to maybe get a vitamin B complex if you have um, a deficiency or just get a really solid multivitamin that includes a vitamin B complex in it. And a lot of times they do, you'll see the breakdown on the back. So that's something to look for when you're getting your multivitamin. Now there's also some products that combine this next one with a B complex. And I know I've used them before. They've been very helpful, but I found a really good multivitamin now, so um, I don't use that, and I have that posted on the, the blog. It's the now vitamin 100. Um, anyways, chromium is going to be the last one we're going to talk about for uh, eliminating cravings. Now, we've kind of known about chromium for a long time, and it's been included in some products, and it's kind of been touted on its own. Um, now, it's not necessarily going to make you lose weight, which is what some of the claims are, but it's not. It's going to help regulate your blood sugar. Now, if you have very low chromium levels, that's gonna lead to your blood sugar problems, which are gonna lead to carb cravings because your body's gonna try to get you to eat something that'll get the blood sugar elevated. And carbs are usually the easiest way to do that. Low levels of chromium are also associated with elevated cholesterol levels, and of course with that, an increased risk of heart disease and metabolic problems. So it's definitely a very important part of any supplement program. And again, a lot of times you're gonna find it now in your multivitamins. So take a look at what you're taking before you go out and get something new. Now, surprisingly, as much as we in America know about all of this kind of stuff. Americans are one of the most deficient in chromium. And actually there's a study done by the University of Maryland Medical Center that estimates about 90% of American diets have low chromium. That means there's a lot of people that are gonna have blood sugar problems and be cranky and all sorts of other issues. But uh, the elderly, 
people who do a lot of strenuous exercise, people who eat high carb foods, and pregnant women are all at the greatest risk of having low chromium. So if you exercise strenuously and often, you're gonna to wanna to make sure that you've got the chromium in your daily routine. Now, of course, there are foods, and depending on what you do and how much you might need, you might need to add an actual vitamin supplement. And I think most people do, to be honest with you. But um, major food sources of chromium would be your meat, cheese, uh, some spices. But for the most part, you're probably gonna have to add a supplement, uh, at least even a little bit of it, to your program. Now, the best benefits would be about 200 micrograms of chromium taken one to three times a day. So you might wanna take it with a meal. You might wanna take it before a meal. Um, you definitely need to follow some of the instructions that come with it uh, for that because some work better when you have a full stomach and some when you don't. So check those out, read labels. You know you're supposed to read the labels. So going back to the top, the things that can help with the carb cravings as far as supplements go, and you might be taking them already. And remember, if you're eating properly, you're not gonna have carb cravings. Uh, and also let yourself know if you do have them, then you need to address your diet, take a look at what you're eating, keep that log of all the foods you eat and when you eat them so you can see what's going on. Uh, anyways, back to the supplements. We have glutamine, acetyl-L-carnitine, magnesium, B vitamins, and chromium. Now, I'm sure you've probably heard at least one or two of those things as uh, helpful for health and for dieting but this is also some of the other added benefits of the supplements. So as always, make sure you check you know, with your doctor before starting any new diet or supplement routine or adding anything because you may be on medications or you may have sensitivities to different things and you certainly wanna be aware of that before you start anything new. So in the next episode, we're gonna talk about food and metabolism and ways that you can use those to cut down your carb cravings. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com.